Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Canfield. At some point this week, we will have reached 100 episodes of this podcast. It's either this one or the next one. I think both of us don't know. That is the correct answer. But um, our friend Chad has done uh, such excellent artwork for our 100th episode. I think we should just claim that both this one and the next one are episode 100, just so I can use his artwork twice. The next 50 episodes are episode 100. <laughs> From now on, every episode is episode 100. <laughs> so Until, thank- of course, we get to episode 200. <laughs> thank you for that, Chad. And um, anyone who's listened to uh, any of these, all 100 or even just this one whenever you came in maybe like the last 60 (laughs) you think the first 40 were cancelable i think they should skip the ones where we didn't know the microphones were plugged in that's true plugged in rather yes like i've had a few friends who have listened and were like oh yeah the last episode was great but then spotify you know once it was on immediately knocked me to the first episode i was like no that's not what it's supposed to do like go backwards we've come such a long way can you believe that a hundred episodes ago we were recording this thinking that we had uh you know quite uh, high-end microphones well as far as podcasts go and didn't realize for about the first 10 episodes that they weren't plugged into our laptops look at how much we've done like we've changed positions in the table like three or four times we've switched microphones we've gotten a new microphone we found out that your microphone was backwards for some of the episodes <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we talk about, oh, yeah, do you remember when for the first 10 episodes we didn't have the mics plugged in? Th- then we got them plugged in, but then even after that, around about episode 50 or 60, I did go through a couple of episodes not realizing that I was talking into my microphone back to front. Just imagine one day we might be able to have engineers to where all these problems we can just blame on them. <laughs> that is the dream. I can't wait to be busting balls of engineers when this podcast is so successful. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, who supported it. And if you could carry on supporting it, our dream is to get engineers who we can blame everything on. Right. So when we get canceled, we could say it was actually their fault. We, I want our own engineering team and my own personal bathroom. That, right. is, that is podcast success. And I'll just secretly number two your toilet every <laughs> once in a while. By the way, if you want to hear the old episodes or uh, you want to get a, a T-shirt, because we've got those available, uh, you can go to didyouamerica.com. Do you know what I did that was very American this weekend? What did you do? I went to a Clint Eastwood exhibition. Oh, well, it doesn't get more. More American than that. A Clint Eastwood exhibition in Dallas. Oh God! Wow. Yeah. So like, what what all was involved? I'm guessing like a movie marathon of some sort. No, it, oh. was, it was just a bunch of stuff from uh, Clint Eastwood movies. The the centerpiece of it is they've got the car from Gran Torino. Oh wow! And they've got like a director's chair and something else. What movie was Bradley Cooper in with Clint Eastwood? That's Do you remember a good that? Question. Let me look it up. Uh, whatever that movie was, they've got Bradley Cooper's jacket. So there was a few bits and pieces, but. But my re- the mule. No. <laughs> that's that's not right. 
No, yeah, Bradley Cooper's in that too, I guess. No, this wasn't from the mule. The mule was the one that he has the threesome. Right. In. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, that was that, that was the deleted scene. Clint Eastwood has a threesome with Bradley Cooper and someone else. Wait, Bradley Cooper's in the threesome? I always figured it was a two-girl threesome. No, it, well, that was a joke. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so here's the other thing: is like all the all the whenever I Google, I Google. Oh, you're Bradley right, Cooper, but Bradley Cooper is in the Mule. Right. Well, I googled I, it and it keeps saying like they reunite in the Mule. Yeah, yeah. But no, then it's but not telling me the other movie. It's they definitely were in. not from. Um, so yeah, in the exhibition, there's one of the women from the threesome who just stands there like a, a body model, like one of those silent mime artists. Wait, American Sniper. That's it. That's okay, the one. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes, but I forgot Bradley Cooper is in The Mule. Yes. Okay. Uh, because, Frequent collaborators. Well, because what happened was uh, Clint Eastwood called up uh, Bradley Cooper and said, uh, hey, I'm making a movie called The Mule. You're so good in American Sniper. Do you want to do another one with me? And Bradley Cooper said, don't be ridiculous. You were old enough in American Sniper. You're about 100 now. You're making a fool of yourself. I'm not being in another movie with you. Clint Eastwood said, I'm having a threesome in this one. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's like, all right, I'm in. Dream threesome. <laughs> me, and, me and Clint Eastwood? Down. <laughs> Okay, yeah, imagine if that's the spoiler for people. They're like, I was going to get the mule with Clint Eastwood and Bradley Cooper. I was, <laughs> it was going to be Clint Eastwood and two women, and then the producer went, Clint, I think we need to woke this up. Right. <laughs> that's actually what the exhibit was. It was just showing you that scene. <laughs> no, so they got uh, a jacket from Bradley Cooper. Anyway, this is not the point. So I went to the Clint Eastwood um, exhibition, which was fine, and they got the Gran Torino car there and all this kind of stuff. I'm in the Starbucks next door to the AT&T Discovery venue where the um, where the exhibition is, and I'm chatting to the guy uh, uh, behind the, the counter, the barista. You know, he hears my accent, and I do my, oh, I live here now, because I love saying that to right. everyone. And uh, he's like, well, of course, it's the best place on earth. I said, like, yeah, 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 I know that. And he says to me, have you been on the massage bus tour? What? <laughs> I know. So there's a there's a, a, a bus tour of downtown Dallas, which makes sense because pretty much any major American city will have a, a bus tour for tourists. And yeah, I'm guessing, but not one sponsored by Orchids of Asia. I know. So, and I guess that you know that there's extra interest in the downtown uh, Dallas bus tour because they'll take you to where um, Kennedy was assassinated. Because that's that's because that everyone area. wants a massage when they're experiencing well, that. Apparently, they do. It's a very stressful area. So I. <laughs> So they go, like, okay, now, he was shot right through the heart, and you're, you'll now get not the feeling of a bullet, but the, the effect of a hand right. just rubbing your heart quite nicely. If you feel that pressure right there on your chest, that's what he was experiencing. Yeah, they're going to be like, it's not going to be what we now call the Alec Baldwin effect. Oh, God. Too soon? No, not um, soon enough. Uh, so, so, anyway, yeah, they um, apparently... There's this massage bus tour. And again, it made me think, see, this is why Texas is the greatest of all places. Everywhere else you could get the bus tour, but a massage bus tour. And I've got to say, I love where I live. I do not need the bus tour of downtown Dallas because I can walk to downtown Dallas. Right. But now you've told me that I could get a rub. 
I mean, quite frankly, that bus could do 10 laps around the perimeter of, of my apartment complex and I would get on it just for the massage <laughs> chair experience. Wait, so is it like the chair is a massage chair on the bus or do they have actual like masseuses for each person on the bus? Oh, you know what? Now you're asking the proper questions right. because I assumed from the way the man described it to me that it's like, it's you know, a, a, like sitting in the massage chair, but it's on a bus that drives around Dallas. Oh, see, I but saw if, the other way. I was like, oh, these are like porno scenarios, oh. like guys getting rubbed down by women. All of a sudden, boom, there's sex on that bus. That's combining two of America's favorite porns, bang bus and massage porn. <laughs> Maybe it is that. Imagine if the seating on the bus are those recliners you get at the expensive, a- in the expensive AMC right. seats where you can like lie back and it's an actual bed. Do they have food? Because if they have food, we're getting on this bus. <laughs> I'm finally going to get to see downtown Dallas after 29 <laughs> years of living here. Yeah, well, I, well, clearly it needs some investigation, but I was all about it. The massage bus, only in Texas, yeah. right? I, all the, I bet, I bet I, all of those star tours that happen in Hollywood where they bother the celebrities by, by show, getting a load of Japanese tourists and showing them where, you know, Harrison Ford lives. Right. I bet no one's getting robbed. <laughs> well... <laughs> So yeah, that was my that was my contribution to Americana this weekend. Live, I've lived there for two years, and it just keeps getting better. I just I can't believe who was if Aussie. It, it has to be Robert Kraft who came up with that idea because you have to be a genius billionaire to think of massage bus. I think massage bus is uh, is absolutely the way forward. Hey, uh, there was something else that happened over the weekend that uh, proves this podcast right. Do you remember uh, after you and I had been on our date to see Guns and Roses, and um, I was saying that. Um, the big stumbling block with Guns N' Roses now is writing new music because somehow they've managed to keep Axel in check and there hasn't been any misbehaving for probably getting on for five years since Slash, Duff and Axel all reunited. And I said that the big test will be, can they actually write new music together? Because that's going to be when you, you know, you have a lot of egos and normally, you know, normal bands would disagree over the creative process. And um, Slash has been talking this week because he's got a new solo album coming out, basically saying that Guns N' Roses haven't got round to actually getting in the studio and writing brand new stuff. So instead, these songs that they've been putting out one by one, they're all songs that Axel had kicking around from the Chinese democracy sessions that Slash and Duff are just replaying the guitar and the bass on. So essentially, Slash was like, look, I'm going to do my own thing. We'll take your old music. We'll say it's Guns N' Roses. We'll make money. We'll let you play that one terrible one on the road, and then we'll move on from there. That's yeah. kind of genius. You know, you've you've kind of been spot on with all your Guns N' Roses predictions and, like, your theories about them. Because, you know, we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, like, what must be in the contract that mm. keeps Axel on time? I've kind of suggested, you know, maybe he's grown up. Maybe he's the responsible one. But, but you're absolutely right. So last week, um, what's what's her name? Uh, Brandy Carlisle was on Howard Stern. And she was talking about, uh, I think she was saying how she had to perform during the Chris Cornell tribute concert after he right. died. And it was unexpected. And she had to replace someone who was coming in. And, you know, Howard Stern pushed her, like, tell us. Tell us who you had to replace. And according to her, 
It was Axl Rose who showed up to the event like three hours late in classics Axl fashion. So clearly he's still the same guy, but the money is too good in the real project for him to be like, all right, I guess I'll show up on time for once. And he's so disciplined when it's under the Guns N' Roses banner now. They played one show on this tour. I forget where it was, but he put out an apology on social media afterwards saying that he had food poisoning or something like that, but basically saying, you know, my voice wasn't that great but i wanted to do the show and blah 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 and um and it came across as quite a heartfelt very very detailed apology and i went back and looked at the youtube footage of that show and you could barely tell that anything was wrong i was thinking you've apologized for being slightly not quite as good on that one night as you were on the other i don't know 20 nights that were on this tour whereas you didn't apologize once for the 15 years that came prior right. to the re, you know you reuniting with the other two members of the band and apparently keeping things like on track maybe like he's so desperate after all these years like he was the one that really wanted the GNR lineup back. And so the other two guys, you know, Slash and Duff are kind of just like the whipping, you know, wicked stepmother. And they're just, what you know, telling him to do whatever you want. They're like, you suck tonight. You were awful. Go apologize. He's like, guys, I'm so sorry. All right, let me post something online. So you're telling me that the, the dynamic that's keeping Guns N' Roses together is they're the ugly sisters and he's Cinderella? Look, I can have theories too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have a whole problem with the fact that you think Slash isn't looking as fit as he should. So Look, you- <laughs> I'm just saying, compared to the shirtless 1980s music videos, he's put on some weight. Sure, looking at me, maybe I've put on a few more than him, but he's now fat too. I don't care what anyone I, this says. This actually brings back something to my mind that you said to me last week, which I think oh this really <laughs> explains how Jeremy has physical appearance kind of completely out of whack yeah. with with the rest of the planet yeah right? like most people when they look in the mirror like they they see themselves just like way uglier than they really are i have the complete opposite problem so this coming from the man who says yeah i mean slash he could lose a few pounds i think he's looking a little bit podgy on stage that was literally jeremy's report from when we went to guns and roses and i'm going are you kidding me i mean he's not in duff mckagan ridiculously fit like zero percent body fat shape but he looks really good and then a few days ago i'm having a conversation with jeremy about uh the mavs first game that matters right which they were a disaster in uh, a few nights ago right. right and um we get into a a conversation about luca right and uh and i said oh as uh, as luca got himself into shape because now unlike slash i'm aware that when luca was playing last season he is in you know good shape for the average person but maybe not the completely ripped shape right. that many basketball players are he's right? got some baby fat all right yeah i'd agree with that you know what i wouldn't agree with the jeremy hoffman summation which was and i'm pretty much quoting word for word oh well he tends not to get in shape for the off season at the start of last season when luca was playing he looked as fat as me <laughs> no that, look, that, look. that shows that you have no concept as to what you actually look like i'm like two pounds away from nba weight if i said it to you before i'll say it again for a short, fat, unathletic Jew, I am the best basketball player you have ever seen. I don't know about your basketball skills. I'm not disputing that. We were not talking about basketball skills. If I we- can play fat, so can Luca. <laughs> 
It's called old man game. When you don't move very quick, but somehow you're unstoppable. You go to a local JCC or a YMCA, you will see old man game all over the court. Is it like when... Uh, it's just usually not a 20-year-old balding white guy. When... Um, <laughs> When older soccer players play, they haven't got the speed anymore, so they basically just stand up near the goal, but they can still yeah, like knock it in. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I kind of stand. Well, in basketball, it's different though. You don't go near the rim. You stay outside and you just develop a killer outside shot. That's almost unstoppable. Right. Right. That's okay. every fat Jew's move. <laughs> every every fat Jew, you know, I guarantee you, they have an incredible three point shot. <laughs> Steph Curry is basically a fat Jew. <laughs> All right. One other thing I want to do in uh, music, we were right news. Uh, not only were my theories on uh, Guns N' Roses correct, I think we're about to be proved correct on the Limp Biscuit. Everyone is going to be reappropriating Fred Durst's celebrity character front. Because remember I told you that uh, he did that big... Uh, Come back at Lollapalooza right. with his with his dad look, where right, he's got right. the, the gray curly hair and the sweater and all that kind the of Fu thing. The Fu Manchu look, yeah. And um, it looks like Fred Durst is releasing the new Limp Biscuit album for Halloween. He's been uh, dropping hints on social media over the weekend. Says, uh, "Hey, what new Limp Biscuit songs do you think I should drop for Halloween? How about a new song?" Turn it up, bitch, or goodbye. I'm assuming they're the songs. <laughs> or maybe I should drop the whole album, like 12 songs. So, oh, and also he started posting uh, what people think is going to be the artwork. The point being that this will be the first Limp Biscuit album since Gold Cobra, which came out in 2011. And I am telling you that this is the point in time where everyone is going to reevaluate Fred Durst. And I think this shows that the genius of Fred Durst, because this music's probably been around for years and years. And he made so much money from Limp Bizkit from back in the day, he can sit around on it. He doesn't need to put anything out. He doesn't need to work. And he's thinking, no, no, no. I've gone through so many years of like being a joke. I've nailed that the timing is right for people to go like it. I, people go, we used to think he's a joke. Now we think he's a genius. And because he's left it so much time, he's already got the sweater and the gray hair out. So he's looking like an old man. Right. I reckon he has the... Pa he clearly wants to do a whole tour sitting down. That's why... That, <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate what, goal. Right? And I think that not only that, like hipsters are going to jump into this and they're going to be thinking, my God, we want all of our singers to sit down. He could basically create a whole kind of like old school folk singer with gray hair sitting on a stool, but playing new metal in 2021 vibe. Sitchella. Yes. I see like, I, you know, if you look at the last decade or so, there, there's a lot of signs of in the world that people have pointed to as like, the demise of society you know maybe it's like the divide between the people or like i don't know like global warming or some other issue you want to pin it on i think it's this i think this is the ultimate sign that the apocalypse is coming is that the world has now decided that limp biscuit is actually really good music like normally when things have cult followings like it's a slow burn but like you know something like pulp fiction for right. instance you know like People loved Pulp Fiction right away. And then, mm. like, it grew to becoming a massive hit over, you know, 30 years. 
Limp Biscuit was almost universally hated after like their second album up until uh, like three months ago when the world had finally been so crazed from being locked inside for a year and a half. They're like, you know what used to be really good? <laughs> Limp Biscuit. I'm telling you. Yes, 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 yes. This is exactly what's going to happen. Um, so I, I, I know one really cares. I, like it doesn't really matter what the new album sounds like. No, it's it, like he's just going to come out and 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 he's reinvented himself so people like Jeremy Hoffman aren't going to watch the videos and go oh he's put on a few pounds right? <laughs> he <It's> looks great <laughs> he used to be a chubby little bitch now well you can't really tell underneath that sweater right, right? good point good point he's probably saw some baby fat too he can join me and Luca on the courts we'll dominate <laughs> Yeah. Like, are you listening, Mark Cuban? You know what your team's missing? Oh, I've been saying it every year. <laughs> Fred Durst and Jeremy Hoffman. This team does not have enough short fat on athletic Jews. <laughs> Mark Cuban knows that. He's a short fat on athletic Jew. <laughs> Cuban, let's link up. All right. Uh, new song of the week choice is coming for you in just a second. First, let's update you with the songs we chose uh, last week. Uh, Jeremy went with It's a Man's Man's. Man's World, World. Triple Man uh, by Jason Isbell and about 4,000 other people 4% of the vote Woo! Uh, Big Shot by Lumineers which is uh, New York producer's choice 5% of the vote but uh, my buddies in Taking Back Sunday got their people to take over the voting which is why they got 91% of the vote that's a big win yeah exactly Uh, if you're Taking Back Sunday and you've just listened to this segment they're like Limp Biscuits back in fashion or we next? Sunday has officially been taken back. Taking back Sunday are the emo of emo bands. Oh, yeah. right? I mean, is there That's any... The pinnacle. There is nothing more emo than taking back Sunday, no, right? No, they are what Limp Biscuit is to new metal. Right. Taking back Sunday is to crying 13-year-olds. I mean, if that... I can't remember the guy's name, the singer, but if he finds out that he can do it sitting down as well now, if the Fred Durst has made it like, okay, oh, he's going to be so happy. I can't wait for that tour. Um, Sitchella, again, great lineup. <laughs> Yeah, Limp Biscuit with special guest Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> Who else can we dig up from like new metal hell that was just a terrible? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, no, we'll just throw Nickelback on there to piss people off. Nickelback, no, Nickelback don't fit. You can say what you want about Nickelback. They've never been concerned with going in or out of fashion because somehow they've always been millions of people that are Nickelback fans but they they won't admit it they've 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 always stayed in arenas I've always had this theory it's a, a separate thing but no matter who's taking the piss out of Nickelback that band have always been selling out arenas for the the like the best part of two decades now there's a part there's a place on the dark web where Nickelback fans get together no one defends Nickelback quite like you I think you're just secretly in love with Chad Kroger no I don't care you saw that photograph and you cried oh I don't care about Nickelback either way but I'm telling you that a lot of people do because they've been in arenas the whole time no one admits to liking Nickelback but yet a lot of people go see them live Agreed. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know what the code is. There's some sort of like the Masons. There's some sort of like Nickelback fans where they hang out or they've got some sort of code or what, you know. Dark web. Whatever We've been goes saying in, it for years. I'm telling you. For a year. Yeah. I'm telling you. Right near where you can get your meth and your Bitcoin, <laughs> you can get like Nickelback picture discs <laughs> or something. I don't right. know. You get <laughs> Chad Kroger. Um, uh, uh, what are those things called? The 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 the, the Whitney Houston's got one. Uh, hologram. hologram. <laughs> I was gonna say elevator. <laughs> 
Where did we get to? I'll take him back Sunday. 91% of oh, the vote. Yeah, good yeah, win, yeah, good yeah, win. Yeah. yeah, that was a roundup of... Um, Song of the week. Three new songs for you to vote for uh, and some other stuff that we need to get to coming up in part two of Did You America. All right, let's do part two of Did You America. Three new songs for you to choose from on Song of the Week. You can vote at didyouamerica.com or I will have a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield on Twitter. We have been talking about uh, Guns N' Roses. Slash has got this other band that he can can actually make new music with because he likes the other members of this band. Right. And uh, just put out a new song, which I am choosing as my Song of the Week. It's called The River Is Rising, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Oh, look at you you picking a song with multiple artists on it after making fun of me for doing that for the last four weeks. Yeah, all right. Fat Luka Doncic. <laughs> so for Fat Luka Doncic's song of the week, I will be going... Only slightly fatter, right, though. Right, right. I mean, there's same like... Same weight, Luka Doncic. It's <laughs> like 1%, 1% body fat in it, according to Jeremy Hoffman's eyes when he looks in the mirror. Yeah, he looks like fat or skinny or fat... Uh, 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 Walter Becker as I screwed that the up. The joke doesn't work <laughs> because because up. you're because you have no perspective no, on what you look like. I look wonderful. So my <laughs> song of the week is "Big Subwoofer" by Mount Westmore, which is of course Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, E Forty, and Two Short Supergroup. So even though the artist is only one name, there are like every other song I choose multiple people on. It. And uh, New York producer going with uh, the new one by Bastille, which is called "No Bad Days." So "No Bad Days" by Bastille, "Big Subwoofer" by Mount Westmore or The River Is Rising slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Uh, have a look on uh, the Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield there or you can vote at digiamerica.com. Um, also, if you want to talk to us about anything, send a message via the website or via social media, Ian Canfield on Twitter or if you want to communicate on um, Instagram, uh, Canfield Off The Radio is where I hang out on uh, Instagram. Uh, all right, let's discuss the. What do you want to do? Do you want to do the um, the five hour bus tour that puts you to sleep, or do you want to do the airline passenger with the long hair? I mean, I can't relate to both of those. We kind of already did one bus story though, so I think uh, let's go with the airplane. This bitch. Oh, great start! <laughs> I already like where this is going. <laughs> Draping her hair over the back of the airplane seat. Oh, that's vile. So, like, some, so she's, she, there's one thing to put your seat back, right? Yeah. To crush the people's legs who are sitting behind you, which is the issue that I always have. Because, yeah, I'm like six foot two and they don't make uh, plane seats in economy for people of that height. So normally my knees are touching the seat in front. If the person in front puts their seat back, then I'm being crushed. Right, right. right. I'm guessing you're an aisle seat guy then. So you can put the legs out into the into the open lane as opposed to like being crammed into the window where you get to sleep. If I uh, if I can, I try and get the um, the exit seat or uh, the bulkhead, whatever it is, so there's not someone sitting in front of me, right? right? Because if you've got someone in the seat in front of you, like, you don't know what they're going to do. They could be putting their seat back. Uh, The the problem is with the exit seats and the bulkhead seats is that often tends to be um, where where they'll stick... Well, not the exit seats, but the bulkhead seats is where they'll stick families because they've got the baby changing facilities. So... 
It's like, do you want to have your legs crushed by someone who's putting their seat back in front of you? Or do you want to sit next to a screaming baby? I mean, the amount of times I've thought, oh, like, yes, I've got the bulkhead seats. I've got no one in front of me. And then I'm like, okay, keep your fingers crossed that there's no families to go. Oh, God, there's a girl. Oh, God, it's got a baby. <laughs> and oh, they're already crying. Oh, the amount of times I've had that bulkhead seat and I've been like this close to saying to one of the parents, you know, it's never too young to start melatonin. <laughs> or Xanax, whatever. I mean, yeah. Like, do you know how much better this flight would be if, uh, you know, you could just put that baby to sleep? I don't mean kill it. I mean, just for the <laughs> I ju- took seven. I'm fine. Give him six. <laughs> I don't only do four. Oh, well, look, look at me. I'm a mess. Because the, uh, you know, you got to, you need to, you know, you know, you need to zone out, especially if I'm doing one of those long haul flights back to the UK. But the issue with this story is um, not someone crushing the people's, uh, the person behind them's legs because they're putting their seat back. Uh, this is a thing that went viral uh, over the weekend. So it's a woman with really, really long hair. And she draped it over the back of her headrest, so it was hanging down right in front of the the, the face of the person that was sitting behind her. So you imagine you pull your tray table down, right? You've just got the worst microwaved food in the world ever, right? Some, like, just been in the microwave, like, horrible curry or something that they give you on the flights. Like jail food. And then suddenly this bitch has got her hair going Uh, all in it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, look. I'm not defending what she did. I will say I do slightly understand her dilemma, not the way she resolved it, but the dilemma. So right now, this is the longest my hair has ever been in my Uh life. I haven't cut my hair in like two years, generally out of like laziness and just the fact that in general, I've given up on life. Right. But one dilemma (laughs) I've discovered with this long hair is actually, I was just thinking about it on the way up here. Every time I put on my backpack, I'll double strap it on each arm and then my hair will get caught in one of the straps of the backpack or like anytime I go to sit down, like sometimes I'll like when I go to the back of the chair, like my hair will get caught behind me. So, you know, she was just trying to avoid that. But the move is absolutely to take the hair and put it in front of your shoulder, not into someone else's personal space. I'll say it again. That's vile. Mm, Yeah. I mean, this is when it would be acceptable to smuggle scissors onto the flight just so you could snip, 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 (laughs) snip, snip it off. You know, I had had a teacher in middle school who got fired because she did that to a student. He was like, you know, it was middle school. It was like a sixth grade, seventh grade Mm. kid. How was middle school? Like 13, 12, 13, 14. So he was, you know, flirty, playing with a girl, like pretending to cut her hair with scissors in class. And the teacher, he had long hair. The teacher literally came up to him and just snipped, cut off like half his hair. Wow. It was like, don't do that to her. And she ended up getting fired. But yeah, that's just a quick little tangent. (laughs) Made me think of that. But I, uh, I totally agree though that like, you know, normally everyone understands airplane rules. Like there's certain rules like, you know, it, the middle seat gets the armrest. You know, the two outside people get the outside armrest. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're on the window seat, you get to sleep. If you're in the aisle, you get to extend your legs, but you have to get up for the pillow. You know, there's all these things. The, this is one that absolutely now gets needed to add to the list. Keep your hair in your seat. I... I've only had one bad experience with someone just like absolutely breaking airplane etiquette. And as you can imagine, I I went nuts on her. The only issue was it was about an 80 year old woman. (laughs) So this is a few years back. I was dating this girl at the time we were going to New York. I'm all excited. You know, I paid for this trip. 
We're like a year into the relationship. It's for her birthday. I am guaranteed to just be swimming in pussy this trip. I'm doing so much. <laughs> so the vacation is starting. She's all excited. And we get really lucky that the plane we're going to to New York in February is pretty much empty. So they it was Southwest, you know, pick your own seat. Uh-huh. And they come up the uh the flight attendant comes over the announce the loudspeaker and says, Hey, we have pretty much an empty flight. No one should be in the middle seat. Go ahead and you know spread out amongst the planes. So, you know, we I checked in early. I had one of the first positions. So, you know, I'm not knowing this. I sat in the middle seat next to my girlfriend, mm. thinking no one's gonna come sit next to us on this empty flight. But wouldn't you know it, this old lady comes and she sits right there in the aisle seat. So I don't say anything. You know, then the lady comes over the loudspeaker. I let a few other people sit. And then as the plane, you know, as everyone's clearly in the seats, no one's out anymore. There's one row ahead of us, an aisle seat across the row open. So, you know, I tap the lady on the shoulder and I ask like, hey, you know, I'm here with my girlfriend. I really would like to sit next to her. We're going on our first vacation together. You know, there is an aisle seat right there. Would, would you mind moving? And she, she said, no. She's like, you can move. I said, I was like, well, you know, I'd really like to sit with my girlfriend, but it's just uncomfortable being in the middle seat. And even though it was the same aisle seat, it was one row over. I even said I would move her back to her. She refused and stayed there next to me the whole flight, forcing me in the middle seat. So I made her fly after turning to her saying, you're a fucking cunt, which is not something you say <laughs> oh to an 80-year-old woman you're meeting for the first time. I then made her flight a living hell. I broke every airplane rule. I got up countless times to go to the bathroom. I was taking up all the armrest space. I made sure her flight was a living hell. Because if you're going to break one rule, you better believe I'm breaking all the rules. <laughs> I went a little too far, yeah? The point at which you called her an effing C. She's 80. Yeah, no, my girlfriend wasn't thrilled with that either. On the way back, she got me back. We were again going, if picking our seat. This one was a full flight though. And she sees an open window and middle seat in the very first row next to a 400 pound man. <laughs> knowing that I was going to sit in the middle. She goes, let's go here. And stuck me next to him for the whole flight to get back to me, to get back at me. Do you me. think the... Uh, There's a reason that relationship didn't work. The 80... Well, the 80-year-old lady, maybe it was like a superstition thing. Does she always have to have the same seat on the plane? She could have told me that. She just told me she wasn't moving. She was like, why do I need to move? You should move. I wasn't there. Uh, but there's something about this story that makes me think that you're telling it with a selective memory. No. I feel like no, there's no, an no. element of this that there is... Also, you. You're quite relaxed and all right with people. I find it very hard to believe that just based on the evidence you've given me you would have got to the point of using the worst of all curse words. She was being a kind. But, 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 but Americans just don't say that. I way. didn't know she was I, from America. <laughs> <laughs> she could have been Canadian for all I know. I, I remember going to um, a bar this is back in the day when I was living in the UK and there was, I don't know who it was for, but there was a bunch of me and a bunch of British journalists that got flown out to the States to go interview some band. Let's say for argument's sake, it was Metallica. It, it was someone of, of that league. Right. And the night before the show, I, I think we were in Chicago or something. And um, we're all out in a bar, like me and a bunch of Brits 
and um, everyone's getting very drunk. And the Brits are like throwing the C word around so liberally. Because, As they do. Because Brits right. do, you know. I was watching an interview with um, Brian Cox, who plays Logan on Succession. And he's a, he's, he's a Brit, but he's playing American on Succession. Right. And... Um, he brought up the fact, it was on Colbert, that one of the things he doesn't like about Americans is their problems saying the C word. And obviously on Colbert, they bleeped it, but Brian Cox said it, and Stephen Colbert was like, oh! <laughs> right? That word! Because that's America's reaction. So we're in this bar years ago, and it's an Irish bar in Chicago, right? It's not like we're not around a clientele that are rough and ready. But right. I, even, even in that situation... The Brits are, f- and I said that you you need to like either keep your voices down or stop saying that word. You can, and they're like, oh, no, 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 and they carried on. I'm like, right, I need to explain it because the message is not getting through. And I said, look, you've got to understand that in America, you can't say that word. It's like, and this is how I explained how bad it was. And I'm very proud of myself coming up with this comparison. I said, it's like pissing on someone's child. At which <laughs> that really point, is the perfect the, analogy. The, the, the Brits were so shocked. They were, oh my God. I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, right, we won't. It's almost like they sobered up. Well, so, okay, go on. You may as well have been pissing on someone's child on that flight. And I do not believe that based on the evidence that you've given me, the, 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 that lady sitting in a seat and not moving was enough for you to get to that point. If her children were there, oh I would have pissed God. all over them. Because you know what? I asked her so nicely. I made such an ordeal of being like, look, it's right there. Let me help mm, you. I would never ask if it wasn't such yeah, an easy move. I... And just the the pure no care for anything, just being flat out, nope, I'm not moving. You should move. I'll sit next to your girlfriend. I'll entertain her. Was it enough for well, me to maybe pee all she, over maybe, her kids? Maybe she... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't even call her the C word. I actually peed on her kids. I'm not allowed to fly anymore. You didn't see that video? Maybe she looked at you and thought that she was doing your girlfriend a favor. Oh, she probably was. Again, there's a reason we broke up. Well, my conclusion with air travel is that unless you're flying at least business, it's not going to be comfortable in any way whatsoever. And you just have to put up with it. Even if the people sitting around you are easy to deal with and nice people and they're very considerate, you know, you're in strapped in there like cattle, especially if it's a long flight. Um, It's just hell. But here's the thing. It's only a few hours of hell. Even if I fly from DFW back to London... It's a 10-hour flight. Now, that's a long time, right? But the difference in cost between flying economy and if you pay up front for, let's say, business and you're not getting it as part of some last-minute upgrade or something like that, it can cost you like four grand more, if if not more than that. And you're basically paying $4,000 for a slightly more comfortable seat. When yeah. you when you rationalize it like that, because I tell you this, if I sat in an armchair in Crate and Barrel that was as 
uncomfortable as the chair that becomes a bed that I would be in in business class. I would never buy that armchair. No, right? absolutely not. So you're paying about four, five thousand dollars more to sit in a slightly more but still very uncomfortable chair. Okay, so let me ask you this: How about we join the billionaire space race, massage astronaut? We put the massage chair into the spaceship. Now we're going up. You get the whole ride. Plus, you're getting a rub down from a masseuse. I wouldn't be against that. I just think anything, if it could, if it can, anything should come with a massage. Yeah, no, totally at, at agree. all times. And I, a happy ending. I I, I, I believe that. Never mind the happy ending. So you have to bring it down to. This is why that woman. I have to make it gross every time. This is why this eighty-year-old woman. This is why she wouldn't. This is why the eighty-year-old woman. I was doing her a favor. The eighty-year-old woman's like whispering in your girlfriend's ear, going, "Don't worry." I'll protect you from him. You don't, you don't want to sit and it's four hours to New York. You don't want to sit next to that, do no, you? I stink. <laughs> you know, no, I generally think whatever it is, you can become a better person through massage. So whatever you're doing, if, if a massage could be part of it, that would be a good thing. But I've, I've, ne- I've never seen, I love the idea of getting an upgrade for free or if it's a deal where it's a long flight and maybe it's going to cost you an extra couple of hundred bucks then it's worth it but the actual difference in cost if you're paying up front for it for what is essentially a slightly more comfortable seat is not worth it and then I hear but I speak to other people with more money than sense I seriously had this conversation with one of my rich friends uh, a while ago and um, he said to me oh but you know not only will you get a bed, and it's not a bed in most airlines. It's a it's a fucking footstool right. that, that connects to the, the uncomfortable armchair yeah. that they're going to sit you in. Not only do you get a bed, he said to me, they give you warm nuts. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Let me tell you, after he told me this, the next time I was at home and about to Netflix and binge, you know what I did? I went to my pot of mixed nuts from Kroger. And I, I put them in a little tray. Right. And I put them in the microwave. Delightful. And I, I microwave them for a minute, right? And I have to tell you that that was a worthwhile minute because those nuts were way better having been warmed in the microwave than they would have been if I had just eaten them cold straight out of the pot. I only eat nuts when I warm them up. That is absolutely a, a delightful experience. And you know what's BS, though? Is that used to be the standard for a plane for everyone, not even first class. Everyone used to get warm nuts and first class would get my like a nice have, meal. My nuts have never been warm. Where no, were you flying? I'm just saying now, post 9-11, once they started cutting everything, Thing. Now that's like a perfect treat for first class. That's all you get. When I walk What by, do you mean since 9-11? A microwave is a terrorist threat? Yes. I'm, once, once everything started changing in the airline industry, they started taking away the amenities of flying. So now first class, like you said, is nothing more than just a larger seat for the most part. Some flights you'll get warm nuts. Some flights you might get a cookie. But other than that, it's basically just a slightly bigger seat and you don't have to have a crying person right behind you because they don't allow that in first class. Oh, you can't cry? No, they'll kick you right back. (laughs) They say, get behind this little rope. (laughs) Yeah, well, as I said, if you get the upgrade on some kind of deal or you get it for free... 
then absolutely. But everything else, but basically, I've always had a lot of sympathy with people that work in the air travel industry, be it uh, the except the pilots, because the pilots don't have to come out and mix with anyone. Right, right? you're basically just letting the plane do the work. Well, yeah, I mean, what I mean, I believe it takes a lot of time and effort to become a pilot, so you've got to put the work in. But, yeah, but, but once you're there, yeah, once you're there, you're literally doing fuck all because you ain't flying the plane. You don't have to come out of the cockpit to deal with the great unwashed. Right, right? unless you're landing it on the Hudson, like solely, ain't nobody care. Right, exactly, exactly. So, apart from the pilots, everyone else that works in air travel, be them on the plane or at the airport, I actually have a great deal of sympathy with because your job for the your entire working life and you stay if you stay in the industry you're only dealing with people that are around you because they want to be somewhere else right because people, <laughs> which inevitably will make you angry right so all people want to do is get past your bit, whether you're the security at the airport, whether you're the person serving the burger in the airport right. bar. Certainly, if you're the person who's trying to make a long-haul flight bearable while you've got some asshole waving their hair about and putting their seat back so it's touching your knees in front of you. So every aspect of air travel, unless you're in one of these, uh, one of the upmarket um, uh, areas of the plane, is, is just not... Uh, a pleasurable experience because everyone who's doing it is only doing it because they want to be somewhere else but then the catch-22 situation is is it worth paying four thousand dollars for some warm nuts yeah not only that though if it wasn't for those crazy people in this crazy experience think of all the hilarious internet videos we wouldn't have of people freaking out on planes you know that's just a part of the job if you're going to be a flight attendant you better deal with some karens yeah i wonder if there is uh how there's not been any kind of documentary about like that i guess it's because they don't want to show the um you know what the people who work for the airlines really think of the passengers no. like i don't you know because occasionally i've you know they they're quite often on, on the long flights they, they'll line up um water or some like orange juice and stuff along the in in the galley bit right and uh sometimes i walk there i've walked there on the long flights and the um the cabin crew are sitting around there and you just know they're having a conversation that's basically going that bitch in row C, seat 36, blah, 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 blah. Just like assassinating the characters of everyone oh, that's of on course. that plane because they've driven them nuts. Yeah. But um, yes, that's my, there's my words of advice for you. You should have a little bit of sympathy with people that work in air travel because they don't want to be around you because you don't want to be around them. Or if you're angry, you know, just do what I do oh, and call them an effing C. <laughs> See, you've even edited yourself for the purposes of this podcast, but yet you claim you use the real words to an 80. She deserved it. The flight no, attendant just doing their no, job does no, it. No, no, I, I, I find it very difficult to believe that any 80-year-old I think woman, all 80-year-olds should be called oh that personally. God. Have you ever had a conversation with an 80-year-old? They're terrible. Generally, they are terrible. My grandma's the nicest lady in the world. She still calls every group by the wrong term. She can't help it. She lives in Florida. It's what they do. Listen, as a 40-year-old, I can't keep up with the pronouns. You wait. 40 years, I'm going to be calling you a cunt. You just wait. All right. This is a good uh, 100th episode. If it is, it might be the next one. We don't know. But good artwork. (laughs) We'll take (laughs) it. So good. We're using it twice. Crushing it, Chad. Digiamerica.com is the website. If you want to talk to us on social media, Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Thank you for listening to this one.